I'm also okay with it. Is, it is weird. We don't have headphones on I don't on know how to time. control my volume, but I'll do my best. We're, we're on location. It's on weird. Location. First time pods on the road. Uh, what, are, what are we calling this? I think it was... Uh, oh, yeah. We're calling on this Fast and Loose On Location. Yeah. I said it right. Um, so. <laughs> on location, no couch, no headphones, only microphones. Straight mics, <laughs> just vibes. Just vibes. Mostly vibes. Absolute uh, fire. <laughs> it's like it's like sitting at home talking to kind of talking to our parents about with, running <laughs> with a microphone that's probably heavier than quite a few of the dumbbells that I pick up. Oh like, yeah, this is, this is weighty. Yeah, what do you think? I think if we brought this on the road with us, I could also make it work for a piece of workout equipment. Any time you know? that I think of like not super heavy dumbbells i think of the michael scott scene where they're standing outside the office with the fire department and he reaches into his trunk and he takes out some weights like anyone want to pump up jim <laughs> goes one of those fives goes 2.5s going for tone not bulk uh, and it's one of the all-time michael scott scenes in my opinion all right i'm gonna uh, need to see that yeah, clip i can YouTube. pull it up later soon 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 yeah throw a voiceover Dave what's the lightest pair of dumbbells you own tim rossi we have a 12 in our apartment. Oh, okay. Uh, That's yeah, not bad. Good. I had a really weird setup during COVID for a while before Erin and I now live together and she had 12s and 15s. Yeah. It's great. Those are perfect. Um, I had 20s and then I had kettlebells because mm-hmm. I like... I did that like smorgasbord of like weights accumulation that a lot of people did during right. COVID where it's like, what the hell can you find? Yeah. So I have a... I had a 20-pound kettlebell, a 25-pound kettlebell, a 45-pound kettlebell. Wow. And then my rogue purchase early in COVID you was You bought like, a barbell. And I bought a uh, hex bar. Oh, nice. two 35-pound bumper plates. Oh, that's really cool. Huge. So good. I love that. Yeah. It was yeah, really that makes move. a significant difference in your repertoire, yeah. I think. Do you have at-home things? Or do uh, you I do, but I have just like a set of weights. It's like a little silly Amazon pyramid thing. Yeah. It's like threes fives and eights and then i was also training people like in my home yeah and lots of the folks i was training would not need more than that for like what we were doing um and then i also have kettlebells and i have like a slam ball and then i started doing my classes outside in mccarran so i like got furloughed from berries and then they gave me a bunch of weights because we were doing at home Okay. The pandemic was such a crazy time. time. Like they were like, here, take these weights, take these bands. And then you don't have a job anymore. And I was like, okay, great. But thank you for supplying me (laughs) for all the things I need to continue my job. Um, And so I started training at McCarran. And so I have like, yeah, like a sand slam ball, kettlebells, plates. I think I at some point had 25 pound dumbbells. Um, Oh, the rings. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, those are tight. That's I'd attach them to the the goalpost oh, sick. before the soccer players came back. Ah, and now I, you couldn't do no, that you if you wanted. Do that. No, absolutely. Just roll onto the soccer field. They'd probably love that. Oh, my God. They would be so mad. Yeah, the soccer players <laughs> I think are perpetually kind of mad at people at McCarran. I'm perpetually mad at them. Yeah, it's, Fucking a, balls it's are an always ongoing flying everywhere. feud. It, yeah, it just is never ending. <laughs> Never. Uh, it truly is never ending. We'll never come to a truce either. No. Did no. you do like a little uh, wagon, like red wagon situation? No. Transport I these? know. It was actually annoying to transfer. And so I had a friend who lived around the corner who would work out with me and my roommate at the time. 
And so we would all go to McCarran and that's how it started is we just started working out there. Yeah. And then people were like, what are you guys doing? And I was like, fuck it, let's have a class and charge people <laughs> up the wazoo and people paid and it was amazing. Sweet. Um, and then, so he would drive and then the three of us would just like take like two trips to the car Sweet. with like milk crates. Yeah, that's great. I thought it was even more badass than like a silly ass little Oh, wagon. that's super solid. The only reason I'm asking is because still I notice occasionally depending on like what day you go in the yeah. mornings at McCarran. And there's yeah. like a, a squad that has a full on like bench setup going oh, on. Oh, are corner. you talking about at this, like the end closer to the park or the end closer to Union? Uh, closer to the park. Yeah, like the I know who you're talking about. They yeah. bring out like a whole bench and shit. It's sick. I don't know how he does don't it. Don't know but where they keep it. Right. Don't know how they do it. But right. I'm so into like dudes just ripping like 135 so the tight. and then maybe ripping a lap. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Sweet. I love it. It's so cool. There's also, um, I think virtuosity is the crossfit gym that's okay. like right there and they have their little wagons and we'd like you know bring stuff out we'd like hang out and be like <laughs> oh hey you need to borrow something or you have an extra person or whatever yeah it's cool that sounds sweet yeah it was nice it was great and so since then i mean i have all the i have three pound weights that i'm embarrassed yeah. about but they make good for certain things like abs oh yeah yeah like if you're not gonna do just your body weight Anyways, I could talk about this forever. Yeah, you could go. <laughs> I could literally the point talk about here is that three pound weights are they get use. They work. Don't ego lift. Yeah. You can still use a three. You can point. still use a three. Michael Scott, pretty tall. Two point five. Yeah, two point five. <laughs> so you know, Michael could bump his way up to the threes now, maybe. <laughs> He's like, looking pretty defined, so yeah. I think they're working. <laughs> tone, baby. <laughs> Going straight for tone. That's pretty funny. Oh, what a headache. Speaking of Michael Scott. Yeah. Uh, Michael Scott, big magic guy. Have you seen magic in real life? I feel like I magic performed is maybe the better way uh, of phrasing that question. I don't know. (laughs) This is going to like age me quite a bit, but I want to say like the most memorable magic I've ever seen was in Disneyland when I was very young. And it was this, I think the movie was called the Sorcerer's Stone. And it was like the sorcerer was the only one who could take the sword out of the stone. Anyway, so they had like a mock up situation of the premise of that movie and like like guests of the park would pay and go and take the stone or take the sword out of the stone and I was there with my dad and it's like obviously like controlled by someone else and it's at their discretion who they want to like deem the sorcerer and so they like my dad got it out and I was like holy shit you are a wizard and it turns out he was not but it that was like the closest thing and um Fuck, this is so lame, but what's his name? The guy on TV. He has a show. Super famous guy? Yeah, you know. David Blaine? No. Uh Uh-huh. Another guy. I don't know. Copperfield? That sounds right. You don't know who I'm talking about? David. I I think it's David Copperfield, too. Oh, sick. Two Davids? Let's see. I'm I'm pretty sure. But, like, that was, like... um, (laughs) Yeah, Google this. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he has a show in Vegas. Oh, sick. Oh, yeah. He's, like, legit. I think. I think. He's an American magician described by Forbes as the most commercially successful magician in history. But I don't know if that's the kind of magic we're aiming for. No, that sounds sounds (laughs) sick. You know, like like fear factor shit where you're like chained together, locked in a box, and they drop you into the sea. And then they're like, how do you escape? Like, that's what I'm imagining. Yeah, that's the type of magic that stresses me out, yeah. for what it's worth. I don't like that type of magic. I think that's uh, what this guy The is. David Blaine guy, who I'm referring to, that's yeah. like my 
who I have in my brain, and okay. he is like, uh, I, I don't know, I think the series is called like Mind Freak or something weird. Oh, I think I know what you're he talking about. He just would do like street, like I, I growing up, he got huge on YouTube. Yeah. I feel like I grew up in like the YouTube era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I very specifically am talking about this because there's a spoof of like, David Blaine's Street Magic, where he just like terrorizes these two individuals, and it's like comedic, it's like ah, funny. But okay. he does this weird stuff where he like looks at the camera really funky and just like does things that are crazy. So he takes it to the street and he performs magic for street walkers. Yeah, it's for like random people, and then he's oh, done these it. like stunty things before okay. as well. But like he more recently was on like Jimmy Fallon and. Mm. Got a lot of notoriety because he did this trick where he like chugged a glass of water and then spit the water out with a live fish in it. Uh, and it's apparently like a thing that he's actually doing. Like there's a way to control your throat muscles to keep. So the fish is just yeah, around. just chilling. I guess. Mm. I don't know. It's bananas. We'll Google it. I later. need to see that. Uh, yeah, but the spoof Add is better. Add that to the YouTube. And then queue. we'll we'll give a little bandit plug here as okay. well. Bandit had a magician at our launch party. Uh, dude crushed it. What? He was I was good. there and I did not see you him. Missed out. We'll Shit. get him here. Uh, but I have was heard. Was it someone that's a part of our running community? No, it was some oh. random guy that I think Tim West met like <laughs> in Greenpoint. I'm not. He, he's like a local magician. Sounds and about right. Someone part of our running community got very upset. Daniel Wynn, because Daniel Wynn thinks of himself as a magician. He's a good magician. Got it. Uh, but we also, our guest today. I yeah. believe we're talking about this for a reason. <laughs> uh, though I'm not <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> Ben, Ben Pratt, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Thank you. That's quite the introduction. <laughs> yeah, a lot of pressure here. Did you think you'd be introduced as a as a magician? No, or I maybe tried magician? to shed that identity a long time ago. <laughs> but I'm glad that that's where we're beginning. Uh, David Copperfield, David Blaine, and now Ben Pratt. And I think the magician that performed the bandit party's name is John Stessel, who's yes. like a yeah, he's a he's a really good magician. Are y'all homies? Yeah, I know oh, John cool. pretty well. Yeah. He's okay. really good. Oh, did you know him before the party? No, but I, I, I think one of my friends went to the bandit party. He's like, there was a magician there. And I was like, who was it? And that your uh, It was Francisco. He, oh. he was, and he's like, he had just met him with me like a week before randomly. Oh. And he's like, it was that same guy. He was yeah. at the bandit party doing magic. So that was a weird, like, That is circular. a funny so are, Were you a magician in a past life? Do you still perform magic? I'm very curious now. Because <laughs> I think magic is awesome for what it's Magic for. is awesome. I used to be really into magic when I was a kid. Like, when I was in maybe middle school all the way up to college. Uh-huh. Um, I never really was big into the performing aspect of it. But I, I really like sleight of hand and, like, card tricks and card magic. And there's kind of, like, this... Um, there's like a, a segment of magicians who are just really obsessed with technique and sleight of hand, and I was really into that. Um, Can I pause you and ask what sleight of hand means? Sleight or sight? Sleight. Okay. Sleight. Sleight of hand is like, um, there's different types of magic. So like Copperfield, who you're talking about, he's like a stage magician. So he does, I mean, he's amazing, um, but he does like, you know, large illusions, which are kind of like very theatrical and require like, giant props and okay um david blaine kind of popularized in the mainstream sleight of hand magic which is like very sort of like in your face card and coin magic and um so sleight of hand refers to the sort of like technique you use to manipulate the objects that Ah. you're performing with so um there i mean i'm trying to think of what there's like a some kind of analogy here with like musicians who like 
maybe if you're like a guitar player and you're obsessed with like guitar technique and just sort of like being really good at like the 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 technique of playing yeah. but you're not necessarily like a, a rock star you're sure. not going on stage and performing and so okay. the people I kind of rolled with growing up were people who were really into the technique so we'd sort of like sit around it's called like sessioning it's the nerdiest thing you sit around a table and like show each other like that. oh I'm working on this slight and it's literally like a variation on where your pinky placement is and right. you know it's like super technical and nerdy and um, no one should really spend their time that sounds really <laughs> cool no that sounds awesome how long would you practice it for your eyes only before you brought it to like your homies at the table then to you brought it to someone who wanted you wanted them to believe that you actually did a magic trick uh, it would depend on the moves and like the slights, I guess the, the the difficulty level. But I was when I was really into it, I was practicing all the time. Like in high school, I worked at a magic shop in Boston, and like pretty much everyone I hung out with was a magician. So it was like that was kind of the only thing that I was into That's at so that cool. time. Um, super nerdy, and then I kind of grew out of that when I moved to New York and came to college. Like first few years, I was super into magic while I was here, and part of the reason why I moved to New York was because the magic community here was like super high level at the time. It still is a really good place for magic. Oh. Um, okay. But as time went on, I realized it was like a little socially <laughs> inhibiting. So I decided to put the cards down for a while. And I still now like dabble a bit here and there. But a lot of my friends and people in New York are like people I know through the magic world. So Still love it, just not uh, not as active with it as I was when I was younger. I love this. Magic is cool in my brain. Sleight of hand is awesome. I am no, curious, so though. Cool. Yeah, it's absolutely bananas, yeah. and like the community is obviously super tight. And I'm curious, though this is probably transitional as well. We're in As Is right now, oh, a yeah. bar in New York, if you're unfamiliar. And I'm curious how you went from magic to beer but maybe if you want to give the intro to as is instead of we already joke that we're first podcast on the road mm -hmm. we didn't actually tell anyone where we are because that would have given away <laughs> who we're talking to <laughs> uh that's okay i'm gonna let you give the but I, i'm genuinely curious like move to new york magic as like a passion now obviously in the in the beer service world which is yeah. awesome yeah i guess i tend to get pretty deeply into things when i get into them and um, when I turned 21, I had beer for the first time <laughs> and I was like, I was never really interested in, in drinking when I was younger. And so I was hanging out with like magicians, magicians. You know, I didn't, oh my God, that's didn't so have the fun. normal kind of like high school, college social interactions that I guess a lot of people had. So I hadn't really drank until I turned 21. I went out with some friends and like drank. I think the first beer I had was like sam adams or something he was like you know like <laughs> sort of loosely craft beer especially at that time there was far less craft beer and just got like really into beer i know that's like such a dumb thing to <laughs> say i was like really into drinking beer but i uh kind of like got into home brewing and got kind of obsessed with like the history of beer making and um and that was yeah towards the end of college and i had been doing coffee stuff throughout college like barista work and managing cafes and I roasted coffee for a while for a friend's company in Boston cool. and that was like sort of the transition into beer was like very natural because it's like flavors and like the, the sort of stuff I really like and um, 
yeah, I guess fast forward a few years, um, had been still doing like cafe and bar work and uh, we opened as is in 2016 um, in Hell's Kitchen, which is where we are now on 50th and 10th. Mm -hmm. And at that time, this neighborhood was like kind of a gamble. There wasn't so much going on up here, which is kind of why we thought like this would be a good thing for up here because there are a lot of young people who live up here and it's still kind of an affordable neighborhood for Manhattan. And we felt like most of the bars in this neighborhood are kind of like the same sort of like, you know, pub and nothing like really um, that's like you might seek out. And so um, my partner, Brandon, and I decided on this location and, and we, yeah, we opened in 2016 and just tried to do like a good beer bar um and we have we have food and cocktails and wine so it's kind of like it's it's for everyone but definitely our focus and what we're known for is craft beer and so we get like um when people are visiting who are into craft beer which is now like such a thing uh, beer tours and we get people coming through check us out we've like been fortunate enough to get a lot of um accolades and write-ups over the years so we're like sort of known in the beer community um, which has been great. And so we host a lot of events with breweries and um, whenever people are in town, we try to like be a venue for them to showcase what they're doing. That's awesome. Are you featuring mainly New York brewed beers or all over? It's all over. It's definitely New York heavy for, you know, there's now so many, even since we opened, there's so many local breweries that have opened in Brooklyn, Queens, um, and like the boroughs around here that uh, it's pretty easy to get exceptional stuff super fresh and you can get delivered um really easily so we have good relationships with all those guys and, but we also do imported beer like certain things that are like more traditional like german beers or belgian lambics and saisons that kind of stuff we we bring those in as well so it's a mix but i'd say it's it's definitely new york leaning sweet what are you sipping on right now i am drinking <laughs> the grim cold one which is a it's a new trend in craft beer of uh, i was telling tim before it's a cold fermented ipa which is essentially a rebranding of a hoppy lager they're calling it a cold ipa which is because typically isn't the wort like hot is that well the it's, it's the, the the word is hot but the fermentation generally with um ales is done at a warm temperature. So ale yeast ferments at a higher temperature, lagers ferment at colder temperatures. Right. So this is kind of like a hybrid between styles. So it's essentially a hoppy lager. Um, but yeah, it's very clean, but still kind of like Fun. fruity from the hops. It's okay. delicious. I love that. That's a I lot love of... a Saison too. Oh yeah. I'm, ha I'm really happy that you have that on the menu. And I'm sad that I haven't been here until now. I'm curious to see what the food menu looks like too. <laughs> That's usually what I gravitate towards, but. A little bit of both. You can yeah, go with both. Absolutely. Beer and food. Absolutely yes. awesome. It yeah, is funny that you were saying it, though. I feel like a few. the last time I was here, which we were talking about before, and then I remembered a more recent time, I had a buddy come in from Chicago who was like, wanted to meet up, and he's into beer. He was staying out in Williamsburg. It's like, I really want to go to As Is. I was like, oh, sick. Like, I thought this was a local New York City running bar, because that's how I know of you guys. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And it was like a really... Not weird collide in other worlds, but it's like, oh, yeah, there's, like, not runners who go here as well, which I'm also curious, like, in the meshing of the worlds, obviously beer and running goes pretty hand in hand, um, but yourself, obviously, in the running world, was that through you that as is kind of became, like, this 
I mean, it's New York City's running bar, in my opinion, at this point. Obviously, people will love to hear blast that. us in the comments <laughs> on Coogan's. Coogan's is no longer, unfortunately, no, but uh, Coogan's also was definitely not as uh, nice of a menu. Maybe we, uh, I'll say that, because uh, <laughs> then Ben won't get in any trouble. I don't know. Did you ever go to Coogan's? Coogan's, no. like, you get your Sam Adams up there. It's not ah. necessarily, like, craft Where's up where was It was Coogan's? up near the armory. It was, like, ah, an old track yeah, no, bar. No, no. But as I've is, like, you guys have hosted races here. You ha- guys have had runs here. Everyone in the running community knows who you guys are. Like, did that happen naturally, or was it literally through you? I mean, both, I guess. Without <laughs> giving <laughs> I'm giving you the credit. It was, That's yeah. I, like, I am the runner <laughs> You birthed here. the runner bar. Yes. But it, it's... Yeah, it kind of started, I think, like, it was hard to say with the timing with COVID, but I think it was four years ago, maybe. We, I used to, when I first started running, I would run a lot with Paragon Sports in Union Square. Mm-hmm. They have, a, like, a free running group that's, like, they do workouts on Tuesdays. It's, it's paced, um, oh, cool. and it's just, like, you can just show up and run, and, like, they do a different workout every week, and they have multiple groups, and, like, that was when I was first starting off it was i think it was like 2014 or 15 that was there were far less run clubs back then for sure and i like found that somehow and would just go every tuesday night and run with them and that was how i kind of like started to learn about like tempo runs and fart licks and all that kind of stuff and um they were looking to do like a social run because that runs just on tuesday nights it's based out of the store you just sort of run there's a bag drop and then everyone kind of leaves so we decided to kind of use the bar as um, a landing spot to do like a more just easy run and then hang out and have beers afterwards and actually like get to know the people you run with rather than just like run and see you next week. <laughs> yeah. uh, so it kind of started that way and then it just sort of grew organically from there. So it was like maybe 10 or 15 people showing up, mainly people who ran with Paragon. The previous coach at the time was a good friend of mine named Bill. He kind of helped me. He more ran it at that time, which I was happy because I'm not really, like, <laughs> trying to be the coach of, a, you know, not that it's, like, really coaching, but he was really good at kind of, like, organizing it and, and getting it going. Um, and he moved upstate. And then it just started, like, people from the neighborhood would start seeing us running and kind of were curious and just more people would start showing up. And now it's – now we get, like, probably 50 to 60 people on Mondays, and it's it's oh, wow. a mix. Maybe, like – there's still a lot of Paragon people, but it's maybe only like 20%. And the rest of it is like all the different run groups. It's just kind of like an easy social run on Mondays. And we have like a really solid group of people that come every week. And, you know, there's always new people coming or people bring friends. And, yeah, it's just like a it's a fun social run where I think Mondays is kind of a chill day for people who are not really doing workouts. It's like a good way to start the week, get some miles in, and then – it's like it's become super social like now it's like i feel like the hang afterwards is like almost more important than the run which is, which is, <laughs> yeah. which is great it's like now some of my best friends are people that i've just met um, through, through the run club and it's the same for a lot of the people that have been coming so it's it's, it's been pretty cool so you know it's like <laughs> i guess it started because of my interest in running but like has literally like nothing to do with like I, I just it's it's a it's a it's a space that people can come run and we're close to central park so it, it's easy and we do bag drop and have like beer specials and it's just kind of like evolved into its own thing which is which has been pretty cool to see that is really cool and so every monday what time 
It's every Monday. We meet at 6.30, bag drop, and we leave promptly at 6.45. Okay. And is the route different every week? The Monday run is always the same. So I think okay. that's also part of its success is like you know exactly what you're going to get. It's yeah. We just kind of warm up, jog over to Central Park, and then we split into two groups. And one group does like essentially a 5K. So it ends up being like five miles total with the warm up and cool down. Right. And the other group does just the full loop in the park. Oh, cool. And so it ends up being about an eight mile run. Okay. Uh, and then we just started bringing back Wednesday runs as well, which is a smaller group, um, although it's, it's getting bigger now. And that's like we're doing workouts on Wednesdays. So it's um, we were doing hills during the summer. So just run over to Cat Hill, do repeats on Cat Hill. Um, and now we're doing like more tempo-y kind of stuff. So we did like four by mile last week. It's we just kind of post the day before and people have been showing up to that. We're trying to like trying to figure out pace groups because it's sort of all over all over yeah. the place. But we're working on that. So hopefully that will start building as well. And that that's like, you know, if you want to just jump in on a random workout on a Wednesday, that's kind of a nice thing. To that's do. cool. So anyone can just show up. Do we find like the info on your Instagram? Is it like yours or does as is have an Instagram? Um, it's there's an as is running club Instagram, Tight. which is as is <laughs> running club. Yeah. And also like, did you create that? I did create that. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing to be embarrassed about. That's awesome. Um, and then usually we post also on just as is NYC. Cool. We try not to like make it too much about running because it's, while right. it is like, I think a lot of runners think of it as a running bar. It's also like a beer. A bar. It's a bar. A beer. <laughs> we don't, we, we don't want everyone to come here and be like, they have to run to come hang out. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bar that serves very good beer as well, which is obviously <laughs> probably the primary thing, Though the running piece is fun. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Central Park, which I'm going to take as an excuse to talk about your own running a little bit. Oh, right. Uh, well, you also said it like you started running, it sounded like, what, 2012, 2014 kind of thing. Yeah. Right. Uh, and have obviously, not obviously, you ran a lot around the lower loop the other week, <laughs> uh, but you have gotten into ultra running. So maybe how did you get into ultra running and then explain where the idea of running 100 miles around the lower loop of Central Park, which for those who don't know is like, I, I think I debate all the time. It's probably like 1.7 miles. You probably know it better than I do I at this point. I think it is 1.7, exactly. It's a, a lot of loops you ended up running. So where did ultra running come from and then that idea? Yeah. Um, <laughs> ultra running, I, yeah, it's still weird to like think of. I don't really think of myself as an ultra runner. I've just I've done some long runs, but I feel like that <laughs> term is like so lofty. That's like, I, yeah. Um, but... I guess when I started running, I was just doing sort of like, I was running a Paragon a bunch and I started running with OSR, started like getting more into, into that whole New York city running world. And, and then I did the back when North face used to have the, um, the bear mountain series. Mm. I think that was the first trail run I did. I'd never run trails and I, yeah, I, I love that race. I've did it a bunch of times, like the 50K. I did the relay marathon one year, and I just sort of like realized that I really like running in the woods. Um, still trying to figure out how to do that more living <laughs> in Manhattan. But um, and then one of the co-owners or partners in the bar, um, she's a big ultra runner. She lives in Colorado. She's not really involved in like the day to day. But I started, 
going out to pace her in races in Colorado and kind of like saw what that trail running like whole world is about and I was like this is what I want to be doing um so still trying to figure out how to do that more than I am but um yeah the lower loop I moved up to um 75th street like right off the park in February and I was like going through a lot of transitional stuff in my life at that time and I just started running the lower loop I don't I don't exactly know why I just kind of got obsessed with just doing the same monotonous thing over and over again and there was like a lot of thinking happening at that time and it was just like I don't know I mean maybe part of it was to avoid like all the hills like Harlem Hill and Cat Hill (laughs) but I just sort of got like kind of obsessed with it and then a couple of my friends saw on Strava that I was doing this loop so much and we started to get into like a little bit of like a war about <laughs> who was going to get the local legend and um <laughs> they both run with us on mondays one like one's francisco the other guy's um name is henry and they're, they're they're both like really good runners and we kind of were going back and forth with local legend like and francisco is like he's a savage runner so I, like he was he was holding it down for a while and then Henry got it for a bit and then they both were up in Boston for the marathon and I did like back to back like I think like, like 20 and 30 mile runs <laughs> on the loop to sort of just solidify that commitment that's mine <laughs> that's that's the one small thing I have in life is this lower loop and so yeah just there was like no real reason for it it was just it just became a dumb challenge <laughs> um and then I just kept kept running it and just got kind of obsessed with it over the summer. And the, then, yeah, there's, there's this challenge that a bunch of us, like mainly like there's like this OSR, kind of like, kind of like the OG OSR guys that were like all in this group chat. And we started this thing in 2020 during the pandemic, like the height of pandemic when there was like no races, there's like nothing to do. A lot of us like don't have traditional jobs so there wasn't like a lot of work and we're like what the hell are we doing with our time so like I don't exactly remember how it came about but someone's like we should just run a thousand miles this summer and so the challenge was between uh, Labor Day and Memorial Day to hit a thousand miles and at that time it was like there was nothing else to do so you just go out and run 12-15 miles a day and like there was like a leaderboard and all of us were just kind of like chipping away at this thing and it was something to do during this time when it was like you know there was really no motivation because there were no races and like I think a lot of people kind of had a tough time with staying into running during that time and so this is the third year third summer we've done it and for the last day of the challenge which was Labor Day a couple weeks ago I felt like I needed the culmination of this whole thing to be um the lower loop FKT. So I, yeah, I ran um, from the park open to park close, which is 6 a.m. till 1 a.m. I just ran the lower loop and it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> do you I don't even know the park closed at 1 a.m. Sorry, I know that's yeah. totally irrelevant, but do they enforce that? Like, they, they did, like, the yeah. Like out? I was finishing and I was like so dead. I was like laying on a bench. I had like vomited so many times. Oh, no. And there was like a cop car. We were like the only people that were right across the street from Tavern on the Green. And there was a cop car like with the megaphone just being like, 
time to go. Time oh to my go. god! It's like I cannot walk right, right, right now. But yeah, they do enforce it, did. and they. I think they. I have friends who have biked there, like just biking home, and they've cut through the park, at you know late. Yeah. And they'll like they'll ticket you if you oh. do, it, which is I, I don't really know the purpose for it, but that's absolutely absurd. Yeah, that's weird. It's so annoying. Yeah. Resources going to just silly ass tickets like that. Mm, um, okay, so they were like, get up and go. Get up and go. And then you walked up to seventy fifth. So or, or did you come here? No, I. <laughs> there was like a plan to come here, but I was like, I, I was having such stomach issues at that point, and oh, I fuck. was. I had like been vomiting for hours. I tried to drink a beer at the finish and just <laughs> immediately puked. Oh, no. And I was like, I'm not going to the bar. Like, <laughs> this is. So we went back to my apartment and a few friends had some beers. And I just laid on the floor and <laughs> tried to drink some Pedialyte. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. Oh, man. Uh, how many laps did you end up doing? Do you know? I think just it was 60. Nice. Which so is you now are officially the local legend forever? <laughs> well, it, it expires <laughs> after 90 days. I'm yeah, exactly. so, so you're screwed. Um, I, but the goal is to get the FKT. There's no FKT for it. So no. I wanted to hit 100 miles. That seemed like the right number. And I was on track earlier on the day to hit. Like, I was like, oh, I'm cruising. I'm going to, like, feel amazing. I'm going to hit, like, 110, 115. And then the last few hours, I did, everything just, like, fell apart. I couldn't keep nutrition down. It was really humid that day. Yeah. And I just, like... I, yeah, I've never had stomach issues like that before, but I was like, anything I tried to put in my body was like violently coming back up. Huh. And you know, it was pretty bleak. The last couple hours, I had like a crew running with me, which was awesome all throughout the day. And then the last few hours, I still had like, I don't know, like maybe eight people, yeah. but it was just like silence. I think everyone thought and myself included that, like, this is not, I'm not going to hit a hundred, which like, whatever, it's an arbitrary number, but I right. really wanted to hit it. And then I was able to find like a second wind or whatever wind and um, barely just hit a hundred. So you did it. Yeah. What an accomplishment. (laughs) Yeah. That's absurd. I mean, it sounds like just from like a purely safety standpoint, having like the homies out there was huge. Oh, so I want to get the hashtag right because talking to Eric and Francisco always throw it out. It's what, Seltzer Boy Summer with the thousand miles? What is it? Like, the whole <laughs> thing always, is, it's like the challenge and then they're like throwing the Seltzer hashtag yeah. in there. The I whole thing is like so from. unorganized but yeah, it's like, I don't even really totally know why we ended up calling it Seltzer Boy Summer but I love it's, it. Yeah, it's something, <laughs> it's something and it's not, it's not um, male exclusive. There, there have been women who have done it as well. Yeah. Thank you for um, being inclusive there. For some reason, <laughs> Seltzer Boy. It's just crushing LaCroix or your Seltzer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. okay. I don't I know. Un- I mean, I, that's my assumption. I'm very, I'm just like riding the wave right now that all of this is. So <laughs> what does FKT stand for? Oh, FKT is fastest <laughs> known time. Yeah. Um, ah, okay. Which is kind of confusing for that because it's like I didn't run fast. Right. But it's, you can do like, you could do FKT of the lower loop and just run it faster than anyone's run the lower loop like or one time one time right. yeah or you could do like um the fastest anyone's done a certain distance. challenge or distance uh, i guess has anyone ever done further than that in the lower loop i don't think anyone's like? ever really tried to do a lower <laughs> loop fkt so there wasn't okay. there wasn't anything set and i still haven't even submitted it yet but you you have to so there's like a website fastestknowntime.com Roger that. and you have to submit your like your GPX file and Strava, and then also why this should be a, <laughs> a thing. A thing. Yeah. Cause like you could do the FKT for, you know, if you're like 
live somewhere I, totally I, random and you'll get it. But yeah. it usually has to be somewhere it's like, this is a thing that other people might attempt. Oh, absolutely. Um, I feel like a lot of people would. I mean, just the proximity of Central Park and its accessibility. Yeah, there's an know. FKT for the total loop for, so Robbie Ballinger had it. Um, I think he said it during COVID. And then a friend of mine who happens to be a really talented magician mentalist, huh. his oh. name's Oz Perlman, he broke that this summer. Um, so I think he did like, I think he may have done like 120 or so miles, 130. I might be selling him short, but uh, of sure. the entire. So you're not talking loop. about the fastest time once around, it's how many times? Yeah, so it's like around. open to close. How Do many you times? find that? the magician and the runner community often have crossover the way that you just I've described? never besides O's that was that's like yeah, the weirdest when I found out cool. that he was he's a super talented runner and when I found out that he because I knew about him when I was a kid like he's a bit, little bit older but he was kind of like up and coming when I was in high school and I, I knew he was really talented magician and then I've found out like through the running world he's also like a like very elite level runner and so I, when he was doing the FKT, he was posting that he was going to be out there. And I had never met him before. And I, I, so I just, I just uh, went out to Central Park and ended up catching a bunch of miles with him. And oh, that's cool. Yeah, so it was, it was really cool. But we have, like, so many acquaintances and friends in common that it was just this weird, like... Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I don't think there's many of us. And <laughs> I might be wrong. <laughs> I feel like both skills require so much time and energy output that to be elite in both is just so admirable like that's so like you're a bar owner and a fantastic runner who's doing 100 miles you know in your free time that i'm a I very mediocre runner who just <laughs> conquers very small things like the i don't think loop. that's that small but i am curious to know when you were finally able to stomach solids what did you eat i i couldn't eat until the next day i that night i couldn't keep anything down shit and then, like, the next day, I had no appetite. I, it, was, it was really weird. And then I I ate a French onion soup at the Odeon okay. the next night, which was the weirdest thing. So much I was going to go there for a drink Sounds great. with my friend, and I was like, maybe I should eat something. And French onion soup was so weird. That's not the thing I, I thought I wanted, but it, it, it was good. It was very salty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Salty, cheesy. Very good, very good French onion soup, if you're All into right. that. I do like French onion soup. Yeah. You heard it here first, folks. Yeah, for, heard it here <laughs> first. Run 100 miles, eat French onion soup. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> the science behind it. Like I mean, I'm sure it does. The macro breakdown of that is probably it pretty good for what you needed to hit. So your body might have just been making the right choices for We you. got a burger as well that we were going to split. And when it came, I was like, I can't, I can't stomach this. Shit. Yeah, your stomach yeah. was It was weird. My stomach. stomach was like really, I've never had that before, but it was, it was really off. It was weird. I'm assuming that's not the longest distance you've ever run. Um, yeah, the longest I've done is a hundred or maybe okay. just a little over a hundred. So yeah. But you've never there. run into those issues with that distance prior to this. No, I think it was just the humidity and complete lack of preparedness with nutrition. <laughs> like I was... My friend Mike came up from Boston. He's like a savage runner. He's run across the country. And like he, he kind of ended up crewing me and was just like running to the bodega and getting whatever. Whatever. Like I had a bagel. That was really good early on. And then it was just kind of like um, just random stuff 
throughout the day. A friend of mine, um, like, ran home and made quesadillas for me. Which I love was, that. Like, just people were, like, so helpful. Like, I, yeah, I... I it Do was you not have issues well with dairy, maybe? The cheese and the bacon? I, so. I think it was just the humidity. I was, like, yeah. sweating so much, and I think I just got behind with electrolytes and... Yeah, I don't really know. It's weird. But I've never had... I was, like, puking so hard, I was, like, straining my abdomen. Oh, my God. It was... Yeah, it was... It was yeah. It was a new one. Well, wow, Now I understand when all these, like, hear about people, like, dropping out of races because of stomach issues. Like, I'm like, what? what's going on there? And now I'm like, oh, yeah, I get it. Sometimes your stomach just does not want you yeah, to do what you're doing. Yeah, it sideways. Yeah. It's the quesadillas. <laughs> yeah. It's not that's what the I was quesadillas. Thinking. I feel like it's... I'm sure they the tasted delicious, though. So. I've had, like, nausea after long runs and the humidity before, and I, like, not been able to eat for hours. And yeah. That's, like, 18 miles, and I'm sure you're, like, 18 miles, and you had to eat, and at that point, it's like, well, shit, because that's one of the, like, seemingly games with ultra running as well as like nutrition becomes almost as important as like your ability to run Mm -hmm. at a certain point just because you're not gonna keep going forward (laughs) if you're not getting calories in at some point right uh but it's yeah it's weird here or funny hearing that i feel like it's new york you have everything so it's so easy to be like oh yeah i'll go get like a honey bun from the bodega or whatever it might be (laughs) honey bun bun sounds dope in my mind 99 cent honey bun are you like if you were gonna eat so you'd eat probably something sweeter well i feel like the safe stuff that i've heard i always crave like sugar sugar when i have to run but i have a really weak stomach that like what i always hear is like dried sweet potato or something weird during like ultra dried sweet potato i don't know it's like not, I don't know what I'm saying. You probably know better. No, than I thought that yeah, was potatoes, maybe just a thing. Potatoes at aid stations are common for ultras. It's like yeah, like they'll be like boiled potatoes yeah. and you can roll them in okay. salt. It's so good. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, it's so good. It's carbs okay. and salt. I love that. Yeah, exactly. That's French. I did have a soup. hard seltzer. That <laughs> might that might have been maybe that, that was the turning point. When I because <laughs> part like so I was I think I in order to hit the thousand miles for the summer it was the last day. I think I had to hit forty, and everything else would have been extra i guess but when i hit the 40 miles i was like okay the summer of seltzer is complete and i um brandon my partner in the bar brought this seltzer from evil twin which was like a mimosa hard seltzer or something it was delicious but probably not what i should have drank at mile 40 seltzer boy summer that's right hashtag also shout out evil twin makes a great Fruit, oh yeah, fruited sour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah just yeah, so do. that we're on the same Jeppe, so my guy, good. out there. But uh, in in terms of like, I have to. Did did any of your crew like want to stop you? Was that ever oh, a conversation? Yeah. Or not like, really. No. Like everyone was. I mean, the whole day is kind of a blur because it was a long day, and there were people throughout the day. Just different people came yeah. and showed up, and some people came back and. Um, every, it was it was great, and then we had to also had the run club on yeah. on Monday, so like everyone kind oh, of showed they all come? up, yeah, and did, did some moves with me. So that was like that was really nice to kind of like I don't know get out of the headspace I was in. I was like, oh, now that I have all these people, um, no one really said anything. It was like it was a great crew, and I'm grateful everyone was there. It was like silence though. It was just yeah. like all you could hear was footsteps. And I said at one point, like, you know, it was maybe 11 or 12. And I was like, you guys can talk. Like, I'm just <laughs> tired. So I'm not talking about, like, you don't have to match my energy level. But it was just this, like, very kind of stoic crew 
of shirtless runners running around Central Park. Oh, wow. um, Francisco came through for me in a big way. Like he was, he was supposed to be kind of like crewing me throughout the whole thing, but ended up not being able to get back from a trip until later. And he showed up at like 10, which is kind of like when I was starting to fade. And he's just really good at like, he was keeping me going. Yeah. And like, he was trying a lot of different nutrition ideas. And eventually like, for some reason, I could get down um, Schweppes ginger oh, ale, yeah, yeah. which nice. is so weird because I don't think there's actually any ginger or anything. It's just like uh, corn syrup, but yeah. like that was the only thing for whatever reason. I had like a liter or two liter bottle of it, and I like drank that in the last couple of hours, and that got me through the end of it. And um, yeah, that was like Fran. Fran was a big part of that, and so it was like no one ever told me they thought I should stop, which, which I, which is great. Cause I, if, if someone had been like seriously concerned, which I think everyone was and expressed that, then I might've, I was like on the edge of being like, ah, oh, maybe I'll just call it a 90. It doesn't really matter. But everyone was like just plugging along with me. So it was great. Yeah. It's like, you're on the precipice of being like, if, if someone gave you the excuse to stop, you could stop, yeah. which right. is also probably good. Cause it sounds like it, at least the majority of the people out there, like knew you decently well. And also knew ultra running decently well. Which I'm sure, like, we're sitting here, like, oh, you're, like, straining abs from vomiting. Like, yeah, you probably should have gone to the hospital, dude. Uh, <laughs> but at the same time, it's, like, the knowledgeable crew around you sounds like it was a big, honestly, just part of, like, the safety of everything as well. To, like, make sure that, like, I don't know, worst case, you needed actual attention yeah. that, and not just I think trail. maybe if you were, like, out in the middle of nowhere and like the circumstances were a bit dire than maybe but because you were like in a park where you could probably be ushered anywhere you needed to go in a pretty quick amount of time yeah i would have been like your ass is gonna throw up and you're gonna keep going but i also have never run more than 26 miles so i have no idea what that was like (laughs) And I hate ginger ale, so the fact um, that that I don't was even your like last ginger ale. resort. It was just weird. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Ginger ale is fire. I think oh, ginger ale heals <laughs> any sort of illness. Oh, my. Uh, no, I do. I have heard that. But I wonder if it's just folklore because, like you said, I, there is no ginger in there. I think carbonation can help soothe yeah. your belly issues. Producer Dave was there running with Oh, you? yeah. He was out there yeah. for took a lot of flicks. it. Yeah, he, was, he, took, he took some great photos and was biking along. He had day. just done his own yeah. long ultra the week before, no? One of the many. The week after. Got it. Roger that. One of he, many. Producer yeah. Dave doesn't have a microphone because we have all three of them being used right now. <laughs> but he's here and he's nodding his head. Um, so you've done, okay, I have a question, but it, it looks like you've done a beer collab with Hoka and Finback. I'm curious, this, this notion of a beer mile is new to me. Most things are running are new to me, but... I'm curious if you've ever had the idea of doing a beer mile here. We have. We've we've done a <laughs> bunch of races, like just small kind of like, you know, just thrown together races with beer involved. We've done like these run and chug races, which are usually from point to point. So starting either here or where there's a, a bar in Williamsburg called Beer Karma that my friend Dan owns and runs and he's a runner and he has a he does workouts on mondays at the track at mccarran um he has like a really tight crew of people who show up and like they're like i'd say more of a beer drinking crew yeah. but they like will rip on the track they'll go do like a 20 minute workout and then they just like 
they drink hard after it's a super fun group Tight. um so we've done some races with him so like from here to beer karma and vice versa and s- ending at breweries and it usually ends with a beer chug so like you don't officially finish until the beer's gone yeah. okay um beer mile is definitely something we've thought about doing it's just like figuring out the liability with all of that yeah. because you're like with the be- run and chug at least you're like you're chugging the beer at the end yeah so it's like you know we have our own signed waivers and everything but beer mile is like you're encouraging drinking in public and like you know it's just it, we're trying to figure it out it's right. something we definitely want to do right but just doing it in a way that's like Safe. legitimate and yeah. um like we're not going to get in a ton of trouble for yeah um i guess yeah. as a bar the stipulations are a little bit different than a run club right specifically yeah yeah um sure. and yeah we did a collab so the finback hoka that was like a, its own collab i think they've done it twice now um and that's been super cool i think they did the first one for the marathon and we we did a collaboration with um forest running co mm-hmm. which is um like a newer running brand that um my friend brendan who's a photographer a really great running photographer he started that and so we did that was like a three-way collab between us forest and hudson valley brewing uh which is up in beacon okay and we did a little the beer is called out and back it was like a lager yeah it's a Mm -hmm. lager with electrolytes and orange what and that's so cool. We didn't. Maybe that's back. what you needed at mile thirty. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. And we did like an out and back race from the bar. There was like a, I think it was thirty minutes, and you had to run as far up the West Side Highway from the bar as you could. Yeah. And also give yourself enough time to get back and chug the beer within thirty minutes. Yeah. Oh, that's really fucking cool. And so that was like that was a fun format for a race. Yeah. Um. And that was just like a, it was a cool collab all around. So just, yeah, nothing like super serious or like, we're not like trying to get into like race directing <laughs> by any means, but it's all just like, it's all in good fun. And yeah. just like having people out to like, kind of have something more casual. Totally. Yeah. I love yeah. that. And I like, you're like super close to the West Side Highway. Yeah, we are. Yeah. I was going to say I'm massively biased to the West Side Highway. I yeah. used to live in, I grew up in Battery Park. So West Side Highway is my favorite place to run. Uh, and then, yeah, the Brendan and Kilgore out and back, I really liked as a format because we've talked about the beer mile. I think the beer mile sucks. Oh, yeah. Uh, like so many people. It, it just like is a painful event. Right. Uh, and it's much more, in my mind, like accessible to be like just chug a beer at the end because yeah. that's like a, it's not going to like ruin your day situation like a beer mile probably will. Oh, yeah. Uh, which... In my mind, as like a soft person now, is <laughs> way more fun. I think, uh, no, but yeah. I also think it's like a game. It's like, oh yeah, if I like hammered for like, I don't know, if I it, like Brendan's race, let's use like, I would probably, I don't know. That's the math you're starting to do, right? It's like yeah. how much time do you save at the end of chug a beer? Like I think I could probably get a beer down. Oh, in, like, we talked about two this. minutes, but like winded. How quickly yeah, could how you can chug you a beer? Do it? It's yeah, so yeah, yeah. hard yeah. when you're like, yeah, I've done a couple of them that we've hosted when you like finish you think like i can chug a beer in like uh, 30 seconds 25 yeah. seconds when you're like sucking wind it's the most painful thing to <laughs> oh try to like God. pour a bunch of beer down your throat it's <laughs> yeah. like yeah it's, it's 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 quite difficult it's not the easiest thing. and then when it's like not budweiser 
right. as well. I feel like that changes <laughs> it. What is it? Oh, Bud, yeah, Light, yeah, yeah. Bud Platinum is the beer mild drink of choice because it's, it's like so the light. right alcohol percentage, but it's also light. Oh, right. Uh, oh, yeah. It has to be at least 4.7, 4. Yeah, 4. it's, not, it's something. Yeah. I don't know. You yeah. probably know I better than I do. I've never <laughs> done a beer mile. But yeah, there's some. I don't know if it's four and a half or five. It yeah, has to be something like, like that. It's like light beers don't qualify. Right. That's where you give someone something heavy, and it really just like fucks everything up. Yeah. It's like yeah, take your five minutes now. Right. I think it's fun. Like that stuff sounds like a ton of fun to me. The point to point ones sound fun as well. Yeah. In my mind. Yeah. Usually yeah. they're just like an excuse to like get a bunch of people to run to a brewery and like, yeah, all the breweries are like always down to host these things. Like yeah. We've done them to like Threes Brewing and other half and. So, like, you know, we're trying to plan more of that stuff. It's just, like, just a good excuse to do a run than, like, kind of hang and out. And drink a beer. Yeah. yeah. Not that people need excuse to do either of those anymore, but True. I'm I'm really, this is a hard pivot, but how often, are you often here at As Is at this time, like, setting up and doing stuff, or? Um, it kind of depends on the, like, the time of the week, but I'm usually here in the afternoons just doing, like, laptop boring stuff and, um... Yeah, there's obviously a lot yeah. of a lot of commotion. That, that, there's like five schools in that building, so oh my there's God. all these kids are getting off school. So this is kind of like a chaotic time. It's well, just to the police presence too. I was like, what the hell is going on over here? Yeah, oh, yeah, we it's, had a it's kid for done. these schools, just to like make sure the kids aren't like getting I don't know, getting into fights, which yeah. happens, which and they always are. I'm sure kids, kids getting fights. Yeah, yeah, New York for, City kids. Yeah. For context, as people probably hear us get distracted, producer Dave got a package. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was <laughs> taking a look at like the police separating a fight a oh, second ago. Yeah. It's fun. People watching is fun. Oh yeah, uh, this good. is a good corner for it. And I do feel right. like people get curious. So we've had a few people take like cameras up here because we look super legit right now with oh, microphones yeah? in a bar. Oh yeah, that's fun. Yeah, you've got to miss out on that. I'm very distracted. Uh, or get distracted easily, I should say. Yeah. So I'm going to give I, myself kudos right now and say oh, that I'm doing that. a great job. I had a job. feeling that guy knew us or worked here yeah, <laughs> or was here. coming he's here. here. He's here to open the bar. I was like, he's he cool in. and like he runs at the same time. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, I feel like it's like as is is known as the running bar, but as someone who is pretty new to the running scene, I have also never been here. So, like, would you, if you could, label a Brooklyn equivalent? <laughs> because oftentimes this is not, I will <laughs> never be up here. And the times that I am, I work on the Upper West Side on 69th and Columbus, and I would love to come to the Monday runs, but I don't get done until 730. Pull so I could come, come for the beer. <laughs> yeah, you that's come for the made. better Yeah, part. I usually run a loop after work just because that's the only time I'm that close to Central Park also, but I could also end here. Yeah, I mean, Beer Karma in Williamsburg, yeah. um, it's, it's like a bottle shop, and they have, uh, like, a small bar as well. Yeah. Um, they do runs out of there, I believe it's every Monday night. Um, and then I let Evil Twin, oh, yeah. so the owner of Evil, Tw- Evil Twin, Yepe, is a friend of mine. He's, like, an excellent runner, and he's been doing runs out of the tap room in Dumbo on Saturday mornings, and I think that's with Tracksmith. Mm-hmm. Um, and those look like they're pretty, pretty big. Yeah, uh, I haven't made it to one yet, but I don't know if there's any other like bar. Run- I know there's a lot of like run clubs that like go to bars right. after runs, but I don't know if there's any other bars that like host runners. Yeah, um, yeah. We can just briefly plug that Yepe has like oh. a child called Melvin. Melvin who is. is 
awesome. So bad. He's what, ten years old, eleven years yeah, old now. He's, 10 or 11. he's like a, a Danish national record holder. Oh, uh, over yeah. a few distances. What? He's savage. Yeah, I think he. That's rad. The re- I think. Well, one Melvin's just like all the at these all these local runs and local races because Yepe is like a running nerd. So every mm. now and then Melvin shows up and he's just this like tiny human that crushes. Yeah, he's a literal child. Yeah. Um, but I think. Like, the one that clicked in my brain was it showed some, like, European records for the age group. And yeah. he is, at his age, like, holds records at Jakob Ingebrigtsen, who is a Norwegian, like, Olympic gold medalist now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like, a wonder child. Melvin is running faster at his age than Jakob did, which is just oh, bananas. Whoa. Uh, but it's cool. Like, the running world and the beer world, just a yeah. lot of overlap there, there as well. Is. Which is just super, super fun. And That's Yep really crushes as well. Yeah. All these bar guys, man. I know. Guys running 100 miles. Yep is running 800 meter runs <laughs> super fast. Like, I, I, th- I do think there is like the, the intertwining of like beer and running seems to be. And you kind of talked about it at the start as well. Like getting really into what you're doing. Like it, obviously to be in this industry, you have to be really into the beer world. And I feel like runners have that. Uh, like characteristic about themselves as sure. well where like maybe not running the lower loop excessively but everyone's like a little obsessive <laughs> don't recommend compulsive it. to a to oh an absolutely you're not recommending it because you don't want anyone to take the local exactly. right. <laughs> trying to hold that. that's all i have <laughs> that's all you need yeah is there another one no I, I feel like the lower loop like is there another one in new york that sticks out to you that you would want to go not after really right I, yeah no that that's it for now <laughs> i mean maybe the upper loop Harlem okay. Hill. have you run it again since your hundred miles the lower loop? Uh, I've run in the park. I haven't done the loop. Okay. I need... Yeah, need I, 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 think I'm done. I think I'm done with the loop. <laughs> yeah. That would be... A I'm, where does the lower loop cut over? 72nd. 72nd. Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. It would be a power move. Producer Dave is doing his five boroughs. Oh, yeah. It would be a power move if you were a local legend of lower, middle, and upper loop oh, in Central Park. I upper loop would be the coolest idea. one, though, I think. Because, like, yeah. what you were saying about kind of ton in cheek but also like anytime i do a workout in central park lower loop is the move because it's less hilly yeah. yeah upper loop is not less hilly that right. is bad with harlem hill and then the downhill on the east drive like right, yeah. right. that'd just be cool yeah i'll have to look into that i don't know if there's an fkt <laughs> Middle for loop the might not loop. be the move you need to figure out which one's furthest away from francisco right. this is all clicking <laughs> in my brain as we're talking about it because i remember seeing francisco do these ridiculous runs on the lower loop yeah and francisco who everyone i think listening to the podcast knows just like runs a ton yeah i was like oh so it's much. just like francisco doing francisco things like something absurd but all he'd do like a 25 mile run on the lower loop i'm like okay cool they bikes home to queens or whatever right, it is right. uh but now it's all making sense like that makes so much more sense to me. Yeah, kind of last cool. summer he, one of our friends, this guy Sam Fetters who lives down in like South Brooklyn, he was, he started running the perimeter of the um, Greenwood Cemetery for whatever oh, reason, yeah. and he was just doing that. And I think Fran like saw it on Strava, <laughs> and so Fran like, and he lives in Queens, so he lives very far from there. He would just go there every morning like 5 a.m. and send a message like on the chat that he was at the at the graveyard <laughs> and like he just he would do like marathons around the graveyard and oh like he basically God. just like crushed sam's soul uh <laughs> and so like this <laughs> kind of was reminiscent of that oh man you just need to start which there's a question within here i promise well i'll ask a question first is there another like 
we just kind of talked about like upper loop or whatever. Is there a challenge that is on the radar in your brain right now? And then I will give the advice is that you need to make it as inconvenient for Francisco as possible. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly because that would be fun if it's like, yeah, Francisco, I'm going up to like Van Cortland every day. Good right, luck like right. running the flat loop better. Because he'd do it, which would be really fun to watch as a spectator. Francisco's probably not going to be happy with me giving this advice, but that's okay. <laughs> there's, yeah, there's nothing. That was really it for, cool. for a while. Like I, I don't do this stuff often. And that was just like, for whatever reason, I got like the lower loop really stuck in my brain and um it's not something i feel like i need to do in other Thank places God. at least at the moment <laughs> yeah i like that take a, take does a break. like oh i'm gonna run backwards each like a mile for the day of the month yeah like the, the lot i'm like yeah and like all and like just random little patterns like that to like mix it up but still like get like hundreds of miles each month yeah it's, i feel like it crazy. keeps it fun yeah no like, exactly to an extent that's, you just need something that's why yeah because if you're like i'm just gonna run this every single day yeah you know, you're he's gonna lose he's your incredible. mind after a while yeah he's so you wild. guys have a lot more of the i feel like even the thousand mile, like anyone doing the thousand miles of summer thing like i think producer dave had suggested that to us earlier this year yeah maybe i probably said a hard no i think i was like "Mm, break that down for me per month i don't think so yeah it's just a lot of running it's It's a lot of time it's fun is the whole thing i kind of get as well what we were talking about like during covid what else are you gonna be doing like the little tricks and finding those like people that are gonna keep you motivated with it like as Funny as the shit that Francisco's doing is, like, in reality, he's just making everyone run a little bit more. Oh, or yeah. keeping it fun yeah. for anyone as well, which is ideally the goal. Like, yeah. even if it's talking shit at 4.45 in the morning, be like, I'm out here, and you're not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good to find a group of people who are down to do, like, the same dumb stuff you are. Keep you kind of motivated. Yeah, I don't think it's dumb. I think it's rad. I think, um, were you training at all before the 100-mile lower loop? Uh, no, I mean, I was just running the seltzer miles, so it's yeah. just no, like, I haven't done, like, speed work or anything like that in, I don't know, a couple of years, so it's just been miles, and I'm not really that, I'm not, like, I don't race that much, I don't yeah. really care. Yeah. I, I love that other people are into it, it's super, I get, like, motivated by seeing everyone out in Central Park doing their, like, long runs and tempo and everything, yeah. but, like, I don't know, I just... I'm just like running a lot for a long time. And um, so I wasn't training, but I had been doing like lots of like 80 and 90 mile weeks anyways. Yeah. So many miles. I think also that perspective is pretty refreshing to hear. I mean, to say like, I don't care about races is so far on the other side of the spectrum than a lot of the folks I feel like we run with. And I also kind of, air on your end of the spectrum but if you were to give advice to like a new runner or someone training for a marathon like with that kind of laissez-faire like don't get so like get hooked on something funny and cool like doing the fkt for the lower loop but don't get so fixated on like a time or a pace or a a a specific race like is there anything else that you would add to that i mean i don't know i feel like for so many people and definitely when i was like younger um not that i have like i feel like i have a ton of experience with any of this but like when i was first started getting to running all those races were 
like I was so into chasing like getting a faster mm-hmm. whatever time like I'm not very fast but like you know faster for myself and sure. um, so like I totally get that motivation and I think that like all the road runner races and NYC runs like there's things every weekend and that's why it's so great to be in New York and like but after a while just you start to realize like why am I like waking up at 6 a.m. every Sunday and paying 40 bucks to run 10k and like chip off like another 10 seconds of this thing and like it starts to feel like silly what like if you actually (laughs) step back and look at like why am I doing this for fun as an adult like this is just like completely (laughs) arbitrary no one else that you're friends with unless they're into this one thing right like knows the difference between a sub three marathon and like a three truly truly so I think when I just started realizing that and I was like yeah I could keep like running super hard and trying to like get faster and you know like get my PRs lower I could do that but also like like what am I gaining from this and so now I don't know I'm more motivated by like just kind of like goals that are I don't know there's something almost like about the like the arbitrary or the like taking something sort of absurd like the lower loop and being like I'm gonna conquer that thing yeah and that like being the motivation not like I'm running New York City and trying right. to run whatever right. Um, right 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 it's probably not helpful to most people I don't exactly <laughs> no know. I think it is I think like taking the mundane and making that a little bit more exciting yeah and I think somewhere in there is a way to extrapolate that like you don't have to hugely overhaul your life to do something hugely incredible like you just did like you're a successful bar owner and you're a pretty established runner in your own right. And I think people think you have to forego everything else you do in life to be this one other thing that, like you said, we're not being paid. We're not professionals. Some of us are sub elite, but like many of us are not. (laughs) And so it's like, yeah, when you come back to the why, is it even fun? Is it even worth it? And like, if the answer to that is shaky, maybe reassess. Yeah. <laughs> you it's know, even though like, it's exactly what you said. Like no one knows the difference between three flat and three ten. Right. No one knows the difference. Like unless you're breaking the tape, no one knows the difference. Like everyone's going to be stoked for you. Totally. Totally. You, like do something. And yeah. It doesn't need to be a marathon as well. We're obviously talking very long distances. Yeah. Today. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I think that's like, Oh, so the big one and the, the super helpful one. Cause I feel like obviously we're recording right before like fall marathon majors all kick off. And I like the number of conversations that I have. And I always catch myself. It's like, Oh, so many people are like wanting me to run once. Well, like no one gives a fuck. Like no one. The gives amount of times I've actually run. talked about you this past week. Uh, I mean, mainly because you're my my <laughs> co-host, but, but also because like I'm like, well, for first I'm like, yeah, like Elliot's gonna be on the tr- like on the course, which I just think is already majestic and like magical oh, for yeah. anyone who's gonna come after him. But I'm like, I also get to like literally like fall. I could like probably pull out my phone and watch you, and like you're gonna be like halfway through the course. Yeah, we'll before see. We'll see. But I'm, no exci- one cares. I'm excited. I, I mean, aside from but you. They, they care in a way that they're always rooting for you. Yeah. 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 No one's going to be like bummed if no, like that. No. And I feel like that's the negative piece of it. So yeah. Like, and even like arbitrary goals. Right. That's one. Like if you find personal meeting in an arbitrary goal, that's the main thing. Like sure. so many people that we all know, I'm sure get fixated on like Boston qualifying or, mm-hmm. 
whatever it is, like New York City, you can qualify for, and no one really cares. Right. Is the whole thing. Like, if you're having fun, that's awesome, and you should do it. But if you're not having fun, which is what I kind of like that you said, like, yeah. you realized that chasing a PR wasn't fun for you, and you went and found what Something was going to be fun, uh, which is, like, exactly what people need to do, because otherwise they're going to hate running right. within a year and go do something else, which maybe they'll find something cool, but probably not. They'll, I don't think. They'll become magicians. They could yeah. become magicians if we're pulling it full circle. I do have, I, I know that Dave is probably shaking his eyes at me because we're going to get close on time at some point, but uh, Berlin, yeah. I, I know nothing about beer. For oh, those yeah. going October to Berlin. Fest is happening like right after. Uh, y- yes, we did talk about this. But for Berlin beer, for German beer in general, can you give us... Uh, any information that you know. Yeah, Rex, yes. what a German beer even means. Yeah. Because well, I don't know any of it. <laughs> I mean, let, the thing about Germany compared to the U.S. is, like, you can drink beer at any bar there. Right. And it's going to be good. Whereas here, it's, like, it's going to be shit in most bars. <laughs> You're going to have to seek out places that do beer seriously. So you'll be fine wherever you go. But there are a couple places after the... Berlin Marathon a few years ago, I went to the McKellar Bar in Berlin, which wow. is just like a really nice, cozy oh, cool. little bar. That There's has a McKellar in San Francisco. They're everywhere. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. 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 Um, but the Berlin one's really nice. Oh, cool. There's a bar called Muted Horn that was opened by, I think they're American. They might be Canadian. But it's like one of the sickest beer bars I think I've ever been to. Um, and they have an awesome selection I would highly recommend that. And then if you can find, there's certain bars they get um, Pilsner or Kell, which is like a classic Pilsner, but there's a couple bars in Berlin that get like these tankards, which are just like they fill this giant vessel with fresh unfiltered Pilsner or Kell. And there's like this whole culture around like, you know, they'll, they'll tap it and it'll be up for maybe five days or something. And there's a lot of very opinionated beer people who think like day three is the best day. And because it, it's like, you know, it's live and it's unfiltered. Right. And so like some people like day one, but like if you can find unfiltered Pilsner Raquel, like definitely worth seeking out. Cause that's okay. like just one of the most delicious. What day is your favorite? <laughs> I honestly don't even remember from being there, but that. yeah. yeah. <laughs> But I that's, love a, that's that. something you can really only get over there. So I, I, I would seek that out. That's super, super cool. That, yeah, Sasha's right in this. I am. Down. These are things that I'm going to do. And I think there's other stuff, too, but I'll, I'll, like, think about it. Yeah. I mostly am thinking of the iconic. I feel like Berlin Marathon is where they have the finished photos with, like, the huge-ass beer. Dude, the, uh, the Berlin Marathon, the finish, the beer's non-alcoholic. Oh, oh really? God. It's so, so weird. Lame. But, like, it's, it's still really good. Like, they do alcohol-free <laughs> beer really well in germany but i remember getting it do you guys serve any here we do yeah we carry we carry a good amount of non-alcoholic beers um which like i love i'm like it's been a while since i've trained for anything seriously but like uh yeah non-alcoholic beer has gotten so good in the past few years Mm. but in germany they've been doing it for a long time and like they're delicious they're just like you know lager super clean you maybe wouldn't even know it's alcohol free but well i do remember finishing the berlin marathon and like they have a beer 
tent or whatever yeah. and I got it and I was like super stoked and it's alcohol free I'm like what this yeah, is what so is going like on? not what I would expect in Germany <laughs> right. but oh man that has like has to be a liability thing like there yeah, just has to be yeah, some like really yeah. silly reason yeah. that's so funny yeah. uh, but I also like to imagine the number of people that probably like hammer two of them without knowing <laughs> and they're just like oh, I'm hammering no you're not <laughs> or maybe the like Placebo minor effect. minor amount of because isn't there like a tiny amount of alcohol yeah, I think it's like they have to here. put it at like 0.5 rough it's like kind of like the same as kombucha yeah but it's like you okay. have to drink a lot of it to get drunk yeah i think i could if i house like five <laughs> right after a marathon <laughs> yeah. dehydrated as fuck like yeah, maybe right. get a little buzz <laughs> that'd be so i'm definitely like i'm gonna seek this out now uh, I mean, it was delicious. I'm excited about it. That's a bummer. I always thought that it was a photo of Kipchoge just crushing like a mountainous beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now I'm a little upset, but <laughs> right. that's okay. That's it makes Maybe sense. Maybe he gets something different than we all do. He probably gets yeah. whatever he wants yeah, over there. Yeah, yeah. His face is on the medal right. this year. So cool. Um, this is dope. So cool. <laughs> we'll put your face on the medal for the lower loop. Race yeah. If that ever happens <laughs> out. That should be a thing. It yeah. should be a thing. <laughs> this is the as-is race. It's a, it's a how many loops of the lower loop can you do? It's like an out and back, but yeah. it has to be a full loop, and you have to get back here in a certain amount of time. That's and a chug sick format for a race. Yeah. We should do that. And then you get a medal with your face on it. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't need my face to be on the medal, but I do like that format. <laughs> you can have, steal we it. We have different it, ideas for races throw ideas each out. podcast. <laughs> we got to keep them organized. We do need to keep them organized. I don't write enough of them down. I know. Neither do I. Uh, All right. So I'm guessing you're not going to Berlin. I'm not going this okay. year. But Sad. I'm jealous yeah. of you guys. Excited. We'll seek out. When do you leave? Uh, Wednesday. Same. Which we can. Oh say yeah, we talked about this. You have like silly layovers. Yeah, my and flight's stuff. weird, but yeah, we get yeah. to si- say this this week because the podcast releases this week. Oh Otherwise, yeah. Otherwise, I'm like nervous about dating us, and now I don't care, which is very <laughs> helpful. Yeah. Uh, for me personally, <laughs> as a <laughs> podcast talker. Right. I don't right. know what else I'm talking about. <laughs> it's gonna be great. LOL. Everything's gonna be great. Absolute fire. Yeah, absolute fire. Well, good luck on your layovers. And <laughs> Ben, you're so cool. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having me on. Yeah. Oh yeah. Wait, we need you. We oh. usually end with you getting to just talk about whatever you want for yeah. like a minute. Uh, so we're gonna shut up, and that's how we're gonna end the podcast. Whatever you want. Usually it's promo, like plug the bar, uh, plug anything, but it could just be about magic as well if you want. No pressure. I would love that actually. <laughs> um. <laughs> as is run club every monday and wednesday night at six thirty. just show up there's no sign up and come run with us it's a good group and we have a race coming up on i believe it's the 15th that's saturday of october we are releasing we did a collaboration with a brewery called drown lands which is up in warwick new york they make great beer and the owner mike is a runner. They hosted their first race up there, 5K, I think six months ago or so, and we all went up and ran it. Cool. And we're doing um, an Oktoberfest beer called Runtoberfest. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be an Oktoberfest with electrolytes. And we're going to have a little race here on that Saturday. We're still figuring out the format, so maybe it'll be that lower loop. <laughs> I kind of like there that. Um, and they're doing a release of it the weekend before up at Drown Lands. And they're going to have a 5K race up there. And it's like a beautiful place to just like hang out and drink beer. They have a lot of land and um, definitely worth going to if you're up in that part of the state. Sweet. And yeah, that's all I got. But yeah, thank you guys so much. Are you going to be back with that race? Yeah, we'll see. There's going to be some really good prizes for it. 
Okay. Yeah. I need to see if my leg's functioning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we right. can be done. I can put this microphone down. <laughs>